do I just want an escape? Do I just want, you know, a dystopian novel to take me out of this moment and into a crazy future where Why do we always want to go to dystopian places. Like, we don't want to be there, but you're like, yes, let's read about a terrible land. I, I do that. Yeah. I'm reading 1984 right now. Ooh. I love that genre so much. <laughs> I, uh, when we did the art books, I was like, should I do Fahrenheit 451? <laughs> <laughs> Dystopian episode coming soon. Yeah. Okay. Welcome to Book Fair, a feast for every season of reading. We are a growing community of curious readers who share the excitement of books. We want to read together and feast together through the seasons of the year and the seasons of our lives, and we hope you join us. So, on the docket today, sci-fi. Sci-fi! Yes. Science fiction! I thought I had read zero sci-fi. <laughs> Even movies, I'm like, uh... I have some boys in my house that have gotten me to watch a few things, and I thought I'd read none. But guess what? The old shelf revealed that was a lie. <laughs> Which I always like to hear, like, oh, hey, doing better than I thought. So, my first reaction... When we start talking about sci-fi, I would think of a book, and I'd say, oh, no, that's dystopian. And I would think of another book, and I'd say, uh-huh. oh, no, that's dystopian. And I, I, I went on and on and on. So well, apparently I've read too much dystopian. To clarify, dystopian is sci-fi. I know. I went a whole path through this. But we decided <laughs> when we were talking about this episode that because we have dystopian is kind of its own thing... So we decided we were going to do a separate episode on dystopian, and because of Trisha's love for time travel, we are going to do a separate time travel episode. I cannot wait. So get ready for all the time travel books. So today we're doing sci-fi minus dystopian minus time travel. And remembering that all genres overlap. A love story can be a sci-fi also. Um, So we're going to look at just just sci-fi and understanding that many other genres will overlap with sci-fi as they all do. That one Liza talked about was historical fiction, sci-fi horror. Ooh, I don't even remember that. <laughs> so, I mean, it's crazy the way this Oh, yeah, because she said she doesn't usually read horror, but she did that one. Yeah. yeah. And I oh, love right. when things can trick us into an open mind and we can go on and read it. So, the ones that I read, we won't do lists yet. I got reeled in more from the classic genre, but they were sci-fi. I had yeah. to stop and realize they were sci-fi. So, Amanda, you have a definition for us? Okay, so... we can so get our mind right? I looked this up, and a lot of people said it's actually hard to define it or to find a definition that a lot of people agree on. So, Isaac Asimov said, Science fiction can be defined as that branch of literature which deals with the reaction of human beings to change in science and technology. Hmm. Yeah, that, that helps, too. A struggle that I have had in the past is separating sci-fi from fantasy, because for a while, neither were ones that I was reading. Mm-hmm. So it's just easy to be like, things you don't like are all dumb and the same. And, you know, that's <laughs> yeah. overcharacterization, of course. And so in thinking through, not dystopian, though it can be, and I was able to separate in my mind more. And obviously, anybody who reads fantasy is going to be like, oh my word, that's not sci-fi. That was me who wasn't reading those genres, categorizing it. So that makes it so clear. So I think that's a great way to start, just in case you're not a sci-fi person. Yeah. Oh, really, this is not a all-encompassing definition, but just like a 
basic rule of thumb with sci-fi fantasy is that sci-fi is, like you said, it's changes to the world brought about by science or some kind of natural phenomenon, like a dystopia because there was a world-ending virus or something like that, whereas fantasy is a different world because of magic. Mm. But those two can blur sometimes. Yes. One culture or civilization thinks of it as science, where the other one thinks of it as magic. So That's right. There again, I think that was the separation that I needed, though, is to realize, like, what are we calling it in this book? Yeah. Oh, and some are both. Because if we have both, then it's both. Mm Mm-hmm. This other definition from Wikipedia says it typically deals with imaginative and futuristic concepts such as advanced science and technology, space exploration, time travel, parallel universes, and extraterrestrial life. It has been called the, quote, literature of ideas, and it often explores the potential consequences of scientific, social, and technological innovations. Literature ideas. Yeah, the literature of ideas. Yeah, I like that. That's really neat. Because for me, sometimes I can't even think about what our world needs. I mean, I can gripe and complain about mundane things. But from a fix-it, oh, we need a machine that does this. So it is. That's ideas. And that's Charlie. He's always like, what we need is a thing. And I'm like, well, I couldn't have even (laughs) thought of what the problem could have been. So, yeah, yeah, that makes perfect sense. Yeah. Okay. So I think let's. Oh, I have a question. Oh, yeah. When do you like to read sci-fi? Like, what kind of mood do you need to be in to read sci-fi? The yeah. ones on my list have all been Halloween. Oh. I think, well, I mean, I'm not going to go through my whole list. I really had to stop and think what, I mean, I literally thought I'd read none. So I started just writing down ones. All but one I read at Halloween some year. That makes and sense. they were all quick ones, too. <laughs> And, but I read A Wrinkle in Time with Nate, which is a book. I mean, but it, it's sci-fi. And I, yeah. I don't think I, again, was like, oh, oh, I wouldn't have thought that was. But it is classified that way. So I think for me, it's like so it's little like a mad scientist Yeah, it's like a fall, <laughs> spooky, like you said, mad scientist. It's that kind of mood for you that mm-hmm. brings it up. I think it does. Or also the ones that I have had on my list and haven't maybe taken the plunge for are there because of this is noteworthy so maybe it will come up for me in halloween also though yeah um what about you amanda that's a good question it's not so much of a go-to genre for me that it would be like a familiar Mm -hmm. thing necessarily so it wouldn't be like a light read for me in that way that you just slide right into it some of them are weird and I need to adjust to the world. So it might need a little bit more energy from me because of that and in that way. But I'm not sure if there's a time of year that I go to that. A time of year, mood. You know, something that I love about science fiction is how it asks questions about current technology and takes that thought down the road. Yeah. A ways like is to this see, an okay decision to pursue this kind of thing yeah like um yeah if we pursue this what is that gonna look like or what could that look like yeah the ramifications what are the ethics the morality the consequences mm-hmm. how would mankind handle that technological advancement or power how would governments handle that and it it's really 
brings you back to the present from there to look at where we are today. Yeah. It's it's like leaving the present and dwelling in the even potentially feasible future for a little bit. We return and can see ourselves more clearly in the present. And so the author, that's what the author's talking about with the reader. You know, that and was a big surprise for me. Yeah. Yes. I, I love are, that about science fiction. This is actually fiction. an important question this book is asking. It's not just a story about another world. Or yeah. Anything. Yeah. And it's questions about f- philosophy and morality. Yes. And so I think when I'm in the mood for that and in the mood for something a little weird, I think I'm ready for sci-fi. Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> so it might help me to go to it more if I like remember all of that that you've just said. That I'm not just... I'm not just reading a book about science and what if we did this? I'm reading a book about people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's about humanity. Yes. Yeah. Okay, I like that. Yeah. That helps me want to bring it around. All right, do we want Good. to go into our books? You got another ad? I think I head towards sci-fi for like adventure slash thriller kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe even a little bit of mystery because I'm not a big just read a bunch of murder mysteries person. Um, But when I hear a review of a book that's like, you know, a sci-fi that solves a mystery or a sci-fi that's a thriller, a couple of the books I'm going to talk about today um, are really sci-fi thrillers. And I don't tend to do real life thrillers that much, um, but I like the adventure of a sci-fi thriller. Mm, mm -hmm. So when I want that kind of thing, like to me, it's like the modern day Robin Hood, you know, Mm. I go to Mm -hmm. sci-fi as opposed to going to like Tom Clancy. Okay. Huh. I do think it's helpful to, th- to ask the question, why do you read that book? Yeah. Because maybe I would have never read that book until I heard why someone else read it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I-, I wanted to name some maybe more famous books that are in the genre. So we can know what we're talking about. Still, yeah, still kind of thinking about defining it. Because like you and I, Elizabeth, weren't totally sure when we first started talking about this. Which books have we read that are in this genre? Plus, you so. want to give me lots of typing to do for the show notes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's true. I'm so sorry. I'm just kidding. Go ahead. So I'll just, I won't say all of these, but Wrinkle in Time, you already mentioned. Mm-hmm. And the, the Time Machine, we talked about Jules Verne and the War of the Worlds. Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. Frankenstein is considered the first one. Ah. Although I also read that the genres started more in earnest around the Industrial Revolution, which makes sense. Yeah. Dune, Starship Troopers, The Martian Chronicles, which I have picked that up. That's Ray Bradbury. I have it, and I've picked up the first book, and it was just at a time where I didn't have the energy for because it's weird. It's weird at first. It's just different for me. But it, it is more of a classic in this genre, so I, I do want to pick it back up, but... Even 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea, 1984 Ender's Game, Brave New World, lots of, lots of high school reading books. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think it's a very accessible genre mm-hmm. for middle school and high school, um, kind of for the reason it draws me in. They tend to be adventure, yeah. lots of action, lots of things happening, but they're great for discussion because of what you talked about, being able to ask your kids or your class 
what does this mean? What is this saying about our current society? What could be the ramifications of this technology? So it's, they can be really fun to read, but then have a lot of discussion to them as well. Well, and how important for them to consider those questions as they might be the ones to grow up to invent something or hmm. pursue some scientific breakthrough that, that those questions needed to be in their hearts already. Yeah. That's a great point. Yeah. All right. Our list. Okay. You want to go first and I'll sure. go last? We'll start with the sci-fi adventure thrillers, which is what I wound up leaning toward. Um, this is not a huge genre for me. It was funny. Again, I looked at my story graph and um, I've read about 40 sci-fi books in my life, but out of 1,050, that's not a huge number. Right. And a lot of them are time travel. So right. when you take Talk out time travel <laughs> and you take out dystopian, it was not a huge number. Okay. Um, but these are some more recent ones. These are all modern. None of them are squeaky clean. So if you are a you know G-rated, PG-rated book person, these might not be for you. I think it's mostly language um, in these. But they are really fun thriller, adventure, sci-fi. So first one is Project Hail Mary by Andy Weir. Now, Andy Weir is most known for The Martian, which then was oh. a huge movie starring Matt Damon. And I never read the book because I watched the movie and then I was like, eh, I'm going to go back and read the book. Although some people have told me I should because the book is so good, but I haven't yet. But when Project Hail Mary came out, I was like, I'm giving this a try. And I loved it. Very first chapter, Ryland, who is the main character, wakes up on a spaceship, on a bed, he can tell he has been sleeping for a very long time. There are two dead bodies on the other two beds in the room, and he has no idea why he's there. Oh, that's a good starter. <laughs> so it is immediately a mystery. Yeah. What is he doing? Now, he starts to realize, and he he's, doesn't really know what he's lost, like, 10 to 20 years of memory of his life, but he starts to realize he's he knows things about science. And as he realizes these things, they start helping him, first of all, just figure out how to survive in this spaceship. And then he has to start figuring out why is he on this spaceship? What is he supposed to be doing? What is the mission? And then as the mission starts to become clear, how is he going to do this mission by himself? Mm -hmm. So it is just, it is a page turner. I mean, once you're in, once I was in, I was in, man. It was like, I want to go back. I want to find out what's happening. And... I hope this isn't too much of a spoiler, but it's just such a pull for me. He does eventually meet an extraterrestrial and their relationship. Like, I think I will remember forever. Huh. It's a really neat, like, interaction that winds up happening between him and this alien. Hmm. So Project Hail Mary and Hail Mary kind of tells you, you know, it's a long shot. Yeah. Um, by Andy Weir. So what I'm hearing about that is if you are not sure about the genre, this is one that will pull you in immediately. Yes. And that helps. Yes. And then also, if you need to depend more on a relationship-based story, know that there will be an element of that, whatever kind of relationship it ends up being. The only warning I will give about this is it is science-heavy. So we talk about science fiction. Now, I loved that about this, but he will a lot say, like he gives his mental process, like oh, I'm not sure why I know this, but I could make water because of the condensation of blah, 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 blah. Oh, and so if okay. I set this up, and because the molecules will... Blah, blah, blah. So, like, I read a review where somebody said, 
let your high school kids read this because they will learn so much science. Yeah. <laughs> oh, interesting. But I have heard some people say, even that love science fiction, that it was a little science heavy for them. Okay. That they kind of got tired of the asides of, well, this is going to work because of this trigonometry and then this engineering. But maybe if you care about the story, you skip that paragraph. Yeah. I don't know. Is that yeah. bad to say? Like, no, I, I don't think, think so time. at all. It was not a hindrance to me at all. I thought yeah, it was fascinating. Okay. Interesting. But so, I just thought I would give that caveat. If you know that about yourself, that you really don't like science sure. asides, maybe skip it. I came across when looking at definitions that there's hard science fiction and soft science fiction. This sounds like it'd be hard science fiction. Yes, there's, there's a, a lot, lot of, of actual science, mostly chemistry, engineering, that kind of okay. sciences versus soft sciences, which might be psychology, yes. things like that. Yep. Interesting. What's your next one? Next one is Recursion by Blake Crouch. So again, his first hit was Dark Matter. I actually liked this one better. Um, this one begins, Blake, um, Blake's hero is a police officer, and they start having cases in the city of people who are committing suicide because of false memory disorder. So people, like, imagine you woke up one day, and all of a sudden, you have memories like you'd had a different life. So you also remember your current life, but you also have memories of another life. And in that other life, maybe you've had a different career, or your child died, mm-hmm. or you got divorced from your spouse, and... It would create a lot of conflict for your right now. Right, and the inability to cope with feeling like you have two different lives in your mind is creating all kinds of havoc for these people, right? So again, here's the mystery element. He sets out to figure out, this just started five years ago. Why is this happening? Why is it growing? What's going on? And he starts tracing the origins of it and it starts leading him to essentially people who are abusing a scientific breakthrough to, this gets into kind of my love of time travel. They're using a scientific breakthrough to sort of go back and put their consciousness in other bodies to try to change the past. Mm. And then the ripple effect of Whoa. how that happens. <laughs> I'm not here for it. <laughs> you lost me with other memories. <laughs> but cool. So it goes from there. Yeah. It's super interesting. It's, I mean, it's a thriller again. I mean, okay. it's a stakes are high. What are we going to do? Okay. People are dying. Like, I happen to have this vision into what's going on and I can help to fix this problem and save the world and nobody else can. So it's got that kind of sci-fi adventure, high stakes drama going on. Mm -hmm. So somebody said it's at once a relentless page turner and an intricate science fiction puzzle box about time, identity, and memory. Hmm. Recursion. By Blake Crouch. That sounds like a lot. That's a lot of books. (laughs) That's interesting, though. All right, Amanda, give us your 57 books. Okay. Okay. Well, I did try and keep it at two, and I do have two. Well, except one's a trilogy, but... I love it. Okay, so the first one is Frankenstein. I read this just in the last year or two. Close Reads did it, so I read it along. And I'm so glad I did it that way. I think this is a book that is good to have a guide with. Because 
Well, I'll get to that in a minute. But I think this is such, uh, this is so in the zeitgeist. You know the general story. But if you've never read it or if it's been since high school or something like that, the book is very different than the movies are. It's very different. The book has a Russian doll thing going on where it's a guy who another person tells him the story, who is writing a letter, who is telling a story to someone else. You go several layers deep to even get to the monster of the story. Yeah. The book is also in the horror genre, and it is very frightening sometimes. Not as in a jump scare kind of thing, but just the idea of what is happening. Creepy and... Yeah. Yeah. I also find it horrifying on another level, just the ideas in the book that are underlying some of this. Because she was... Shelley was really being subversive Mm -hmm. about certain things. Creator and creation. What is it to be human? And she does make some good points, but other points are a little terrifying to me. Mm -hmm. So I do think if someone is a younger reader or impressionable or you're just not used to reading this kind of thing, to read it with a guide. I think that can be helpful. And Close Reads was a great guide. I'm so glad. So can you still get that? Because I read that one a while back and I'd love to go back and just peek through those guide notes. Because I had a lot of Question. Close yeah. Reads is a podcast, and you can go back to oh, okay. the past podcast and just listen to the episodes. That's what I need to do. But it's chilling. The writing is amazing. It's a classic for a reason, and I'm glad I read it. I probably won't read it again yeah. <laughs> because I just felt a little gross sometimes, you know, <laughs> for both of those levels that I've talked about. But I'm so glad that I read it, and it's it's it really has some beautiful writing. So my other, my other, the trilogy is C.S. Lewis's Space Trilogy. Oh, this has been on my list for so long. <gasps> really? To read? Yep. Okay. Did you know that he had a space no, trilogy? No, I didn't know this till not that long ago, but it's referred to as a space trilogy, but it's Out of the Silent Planet is the first book. The second is Paralandria, and the third is That Hideous Strength. And I read them all, one right after the other. Now... I want to caveat my retelling of this because one, it's been a minute. Two, I was much, I was a bit more sick when I read this. We've mentioned I've had a chronic illness for a few years. So I was a bit more foggy, but (laughs) remembering through the fog. Oh yes. Yes. But, um, so I don't have, I don't want to say as much about this because I don't, I'm afraid I won't give as clear of a picture, but this was Lewis. Like I've never seen him before. Huh? It's still him, though. The main character is Ransom, Dr. Ransom, and he is a, I believe the word was a philologist, which is a type of linguist, Hmm. or maybe that's a synonym for linguist, but that's what Tolkien was. So he was kind of a tribute to Tolkien, this character, and he is a heroic character. So the first one, out of the silent planet, he's kidnapped to Mars, basically. And it's a different word for Mars... And there's aliens all over the place. And you get entrenched in all of the different races and tribes of aliens there. Hmm. And in my mind, there's only ever one kind of alien. I would never <laughs> even consider right? that they would have 
cultures and tribes. <laughs> this is how far I removed I am from this. I'm like, wait, what? I know. I know. I totally relate to that. No, I get he it has immediately. Yeah. Languages and histories of, of these peoples, you know, to some extent. But by removing humans from the familiar, you know, we just talked about in sci-fi, it really helps you see yourself and humanity better. So I think that's kind of the way he does that in this book. And of course, we know C.S. Lewis's underlying worldview. And that really comes through when he's creating these new worlds, like in Narnia. Mm-hmm. But the thing that really impacted me the most about this, it's, it's very like, a, like an impression like the world he builds, mm-hmm. I guess you're just really steeped in that world more than there's a whole lot of action that happens. Yeah. And I, I like that about it. The second one is Paralandria. And this is most people's least favorite of the trilogy, but I really liked it even better than Out of the Silent Planet. And this time he goes to Venus. <laughs> <laughs> but it's a lot about create. It's kind of that planet's creation story hmm. and that planet's story of their falling into sin. And it's about temptation. And it's, oh, I just found it so fascinating. Also very, atmospheric isn't exactly the right right word because I think about Gothic, but the world building and just the vibe of it is just, it's really different. And then the last one is That Hideous Strength and it's longer and it's on Earth, (laughs) this one. And basically there's a conspiracy against humanity. Hmm. And Dr. Ransom is in it. He's not the main one, but he comes in in a big way at some point. And it gets really mystical, just letting you know, science and a little fantasy and legend stuff. And it gets scary, too. The evil is really evil. Hmm. And you're like, I don't know how it can be defeated. So it's definitely worth stretching to go through this trilogy, even if, especially the first two are more weird. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's been on my list for a long time, and this definitely gives me a nudge to pick it up. Awesome. Okay, mine are just like the poster for I don't read sci-fi, but I don't want to have FOMO. Well, it's great, but uh-huh. maybe this is yeah. a great No, but I mean, point. like... It's a good entry point. It yeah. is. So I'm saying that because if you really don't like sci-fi, mine were linked in a little more from the classic genre of just, this has just been a work that's been around and you just need to read it. So I read a few short ones. But the one I'll mention is The Invisible Man because it surprised Mm -hmm. me. I thought science fiction is just going to be about a bunch of weird stuff that hasn't happened or can't happen. My mind would still even lean towards can't happen Mm -hmm. because I'm just not wired that way. What I didn't realize is what you've been talking about, about the humanity questions. And the science of being invisible is interesting, but the, the social side of invisible and how he begins Mm. to change and just it's interesting to me I did not know that that could be science fiction this has been on my list for a while who who wrote it H.G. Wells H.G. Wells yeah yeah. so is he literally invisible yeah so it's like a metaphor yeah for like what you're talking about Right. right so it's that's cool and I'm I'm even trying to go back and remember how he got became invisible because what just was overarching and stuck with me is what it felt like to be invisible Mm. really stayed with me and this was just something that 
I think Charlie was like, we were talking about how I'm not a sci-fi person, and he was like, oh, well, you should try this one. It's just one you should read. Now, anytime someone says, it's just one you should read, then I start feeling that pressure to like, I do want to read the ones I should just read. <laughs> so I, I just said, okay, I'm going to do it. And I thought I'm going to hate it, but it's so short. So who cares? I'm going to hate it. <laughs> and I didn't hate it. I didn't. So I love opportunities to stretch or change my mind mm-hmm. or to be surprised by, you don't know everything you think, you know, Elizabeth, it's not at all what you thought it was going to be. So, so I've got a question for you yeah. about it. Because I read The Time Machine by H.G. Wells. And I read that a longer time ago. But it was weird. But in a way, I could I could get... Behind. You liked it. Yeah, yeah. I could get behind that. Is this? Does this also have a weirdness? I think it does. But I also just felt like a sadness mm. over the whole book. That mm. while it is short, in in that respect, it might be a... A think about when you read it. It felt it felt like a big overarching just sadness about his writing. Well, if okay. it's about yes, what it feels like course, to be invisible, of course. that's going to be a sad... There's, there was a lot of just strife within it. So, it's a put that on your list and just yeah. so you'll know. Yeah. And maybe you'll be surprised. And then the other one I did... Can I interrupt you for a yeah. So this is making me think about, and I've not read it yet. It is actually on my Kindle. It came in on my hold from the library. And I have several Goodreads friends that have really liked it. It's called The Invisible Life of Addie LaRue. I think it just came out last year. And the premise of that one is that she's not invisible and that like you can't see her. But she, it's like it makes a deal with the devil kind of thing. Um, and she is cursed so that everyone she meets immediately forgets her. Mm. So she can go out and have wow. an interaction with somebody. That's awful. But then they immediately forget her. Mm-hmm. So she has to, and she's, and I think she's immortal. So she goes oh. through like centuries of trying to figure out how that to live. My goodness. When she's forgotten as soon as she's met. And then I think what happens in the story is... <laughs> as a four, I am <laughs> shook. I am shook at this idea. <laughs> A really good place to pick that one up, <laughs> <laughs> or maybe it would help you deal with your demons. Yeah, maybe I need a real healthy <laughs> proceed. Anyway, I think in the story, what happens is finally there's one person that can remember her, hmm. and it's you know what this means and how that unfolds. So, sure, I've heard a lot of good things about it. And are they supposed to be a comparison, or is it a reference? It just kind it of just popped up in me yeah. because I think that one is about you were talking about the parallel to feeling invisible in society and this one would be about the impact of not having any impact mm-hmm, in society mm-hmm. you can be seen but you can't make an impression on anyone you're immediately forgotten and how would that change your world yeah 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 man mm-hmm. i'm gonna take a minute <laughs> <laughs> just kidding um then the next one i read with Nate, so I'm including it just for a little bit of contrast there. Is a wrinkle in time and uh-huh. the, I don't think I even realized it was a sci-fi book. The other ones feel more clear that I had read. Um and this is the one I think I talked about a few weeks ago, my babysitter and Nate talking about a book yeah. and how I loved that that was a neat little interaction. Um 
But we didn't realize. I knew it was a Disney movie that had come out. And a friend of mine said she loved the book as a kid. So I kind of had put it on my list then. But this asks questions of what is goodness? Mm. And that's, that's for any age. It really is. And what is the source of goodness? And what is the source of things that are not good? And you may call it different things, but... But what is it? Mm-hmm. So that's the overarching question. And of course, it's this is kids, though, and they're trying to find their dad. So oh. that family structure that matters when someone else tells you, you your people are not who you think you are. And you say, I know who my people are. Mm-hmm. So I loved that first. I loved any time where a parent has made enough impact that the kids are like, I don't believe in what anybody says. I know who my dad is. And I know what he wouldn't wouldn't do. And that attaches, those two, those two attached to me of like going into like, I know who my dad is, but also then what is goodness? That felt very related to me as we want to be good to our kids and we want to teach them those things. So yeah. Nate and I enjoyed it together. I kept looking over like, are you getting this, bud? He's seven. He was here for it. I would be interested to know what he would come back and say about it now that it's yeah. been eight, nine months though. Yeah. I'm not sure he would really bring anything out of this yeah but he enjoyed the journey and sometimes I have to remember for kids too that's still good and I as an adult will read books sometimes and go did I did I know what that was about (laughs) but I I enjoyed the journey and then maybe later I get it too Mm -hmm. has happened for me I mean obviously I understood this book but I liked it for the overarching questions and thought some of the sciencey ways that they discussed were not as important to me. Mm-hmm. But it kind of showed me science fiction might still be a, a, a genre that you read from time to time, depending on what you're, how I'm framing it. Yeah. And so a lot of what I'm hearing from this conversation today is other ways to frame science fiction if you, if someone else loves it and wants you to read it. So also Ender's Game is on my list to be read this year. Because it is Charlie and Trenton's both favorite 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 so good so i've not read it um but they man love it big and so then it's it's a trilogy right so it's 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 several okay okay so really good not saying i'll hit them all this year but i want to read as you know practice what i preach (laughs) those things that are really important to people that are important to me so so i have the two that i've read and the one that i'm going to publicly state i'm going to read that this year love it awesome did this make you want to read more sci-fi amanda (laughs) yeah it did me too it did me too this is the episode that i was like oh good grief (laughs) 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 but I have to remind myself that I want to read different things for diff- for, for the reason of I want to be more of more of different things. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. I don't want to stay my exact same thoughts and feelings on every subject forever. Mm-hmm. I want to grow in what I think and what I and ideas that I might have. And I like different ways of asking those same moral questions too. I would really love talking about these books that I talked about today reminded me how much I enjoyed them. And because I don't know a lot about the science fiction genre, I kind of don't know where to go next to get more books like that. Hmm. So I would love for listeners to jump on the Facebook page or email us. And if you know, hey, Trisha, if you liked Project Hail Mary and Recursion, you should try this. Project Hail Mary sounded like one I would read. That sounded really... Yeah. Like I, I might would 
put that on my list. Because... I think it'll work for you for spring, too, because it's an adventure. Oh, look at you. Hey, what, have you read Starship Troopers? I have not. Because that is even in our the CC curriculum. Hmm. Oh, I didn't that know that. Was, yeah. You might like that one. I think that one's more literary. Okay. How about 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea? Yes, we did that in book club. Oh, that's right. Yeah, that's that's when I read it too. <laughs> <laughs> oh, goodness. Is Journey to the Center Jules Verne also? Yes. I thought so. Yeah. Okay, have you read that one? I haven't. Yeah, okay. Have you read Jules Verne before? Only 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea. Okay, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's good. I'm not going to read all of his books. Yeah. It's a little bit slow for me. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And the science is kind of, it's classic and it's good, but also the science is old. Yeah. So it annoys me. <laughs> Sometimes old science is super interesting to me though. Like it reminds me of what we think we know and we don't know right now. Yeah. So, but yeah, I can get it. You're like, well, this is pointless. Yeah. It's not even happening. <laughs> what you were saying about the ocean is not true. I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> So thank you for coming on this journey with us through sci-fi. So have you read sci-fi? Why have you read it or why not? Are you interested in reading more? And if you have, please let us know your recommendations. And can you help Trisha give her a sci-fi that's a little more adventurous and thrilling? It is not every day that you get to make a suggestion. <laughs> Patricia. She's right? usually making the suggestions to you. Not that she's not open, but man, I feel like that's a call. Yeah. Guys, you guys. deliver. Deliver. <laughs> so silly. All right. Well, this has been so much fun. And until next time, I'm Trisha. I'm Amanda. I'm Elizabeth. And happy journeying. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this, subscribe to Book Fair Podcast. Join our Facebook group, find us on Instagram, or email us at chat at bookfairpodcast.com. And don't forget to tell a friend.